Hey everyone, my name is Dylan Silver. I'm Zach Rosen. And we are the Baseball Boys or Two Guys One Baseball. Name to be determined, but we will have a vote and it will be decided by next podcast. So today's going to be an interesting podcast. Um, it's our first episode, and Rosen and I are going to discuss a few different topics regarding the MLB lockout. We're going to have a little bit of a Braves uh, segment. We're also going to do a little recap on the Super Bowl. Even though it's a baseball podcast, we do want to talk about the Super Bowl that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. And yeah, so we're going to start with some intros. So my name is Dylan Silver. I'm 22 years old. I'm in grad school at Florida State University, and I'm a sports management major. Now, I love all sports, play every sport out there. However, baseball has a strong place in my heart. I've been playing baseball since I was four years old, and I currently play club baseball for Florida State University. And yeah. So I also work for the Palm Beach Cardinals. Uh, it's a minor league team for the St. Louis Cardinals. And we actually have some Cardinal fans out there listening to our podcast. Shout out Cardinals. Great organization. I'm hoping to be with them long term. And yeah, we're here to just provide some insight and discuss a few things and create episodes for our friends, our fans, and everyone out there. Yeah, so I'm Zach Rosen. And, you know, like Dylan... I've been a huge baseball fan all my life. You know, since I was like four years old, it's been my favorite sport. And went to Florida State, graduated from Florida State. And yeah, excited for this podcast. Just two guys talking ball. We love it. All right. So as Rosen said, we're both huge baseball fans. But we do have one thing that's similar amongst us is that we're both Yankee fans. Now, I was a Marlins fan growing up, and I still root for the Marlins. Um, however, my dad is from New York, and we do support some of the New York teams in all sports. And about five or six years ago, when uh, Giancarlo Stanton got traded from the Marlins to the Yankees, I started watching more Yankees baseball. And the Yankees are one of the few MLB teams that has consistency of finishing over 500, always competing for the playoffs, never tanking. The Cardinals are also a team like that, so I'm honored to be working uh, for the Palm Beach Cardinals. And so, yeah, the Yankees, I mean... First-class organization. They're always trying to make the playoffs. I think they haven't made the playoffs in, what, like 20 years, Rosen, or something? Or they, yeah. or they haven't finished um, below 500 in, yeah. what, 20 years? Since 90, years? 95, I think. Was Since the last 95. Time they finished under 500. So, yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter was, what, like maybe like a rookie or something at that time? Yeah. Back yeah, in the day? Yeah, 96. Yeah, so day. always consistent. Um, 26 years of always finishing over 500. Um, they got, what, 28 championships? 27. 27 championships. Yeah, see, Rosen's, Rosen's the real Yankees fan. Um, but, yeah, so New York Yankees, they got to fix the pitching. I mean, the hitting's always going to be there. Um, Gio Urshela is my favorite Yankee. Locks down that third base spot. Always getting on base. You know, you can always count on him to hit at least 280, 290. Um, I think Labor Torres, you know, they're going to have to either – it's all – it's now or never for him. I really think the infield – is kind of the problem. DJ LeMahieu, I'm always a fan of. Um, he definitely slowed down last year, but two seasons ago, three seasons ago, he was like an MVP candidate. I definitely think the Yankees should stick with him. Um, obviously, the outfield, Judge, Stanton, you know, they, they traded Clint Frazier, who I always rooted for, but I think it was good for him and the Yankees to part ways. Uh, he's on the Cubs now. Yes. Right, he's on the Cubs. Um, Gary Sanchez hasn't been the same since his rookie season, but, you know, he is the Sanchez. And I think, you know, he'll improve his catching game over the years. But you love him when he hits four home runs in a week, and then you hate him when he hasn't hit a home run all month. So it's going to be a little inconsistent. But if the Yankees want to make another playoff push and make it all the way, 
the pitching's going to have to improve. Chapman's going to have to be sharp. So, yeah, Rosen. Yeah, so like Dylan, also a Yankees fan. Been a Yankees fan all my life. You know, born in Jersey, you know, growing up right there. So how could I not be a Yankees fan? My mom was a Yankees fan. It's like, A-Rod was my favorite player growing up. He's the reason I got into baseball as much as I did. And yeah, I mean, I know you said Urshela is your favorite player. It's like, I don't know if he's going to be on the team this year, for being honest. Really? Like, they need a shortstop. And Glaber's going to play second. DJ's probably going to play third. Urshela might be the odd man out. It's going to be interesting to see what they do once the lockout ends. And then is Voight, yeah. is Voight your first baseman? I don't think so. Now, they traded for Rizzo to not have Voight play first, and the season ended really weird for Voight. He barely played the last two months. It's like He got really pissed off at the team. The team wasn't really too happy with him. I think they're going to try and trade him. Just who's going to take him? I don't know. Probably an NL team with the DH now. So we'll see where he goes. That would be nice. But, yeah. So Rizzo hasn't re-signed, though. Rizzo is still a free agent. Still a free agent. Yeah. So he's gonna want he's gonna want like probably twenty five thirty mil a year. He's gonna yeah. want some big deal, right? Rizzo's gonna want a lot. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like the Yankees want him, kind of, but I Freddie Freeman's still a free agent, which we'll talk about soon. It's like the Oakland A's are having a fire sale right now. Matt Olson is a name that keeps popping up in trade rumors. He'd be a really good fit, lefty bat, power hitter, and the short fortune right. He'd be a really good fit. That's who I personally want, but we'll see what they do. Okay. So, great stuff, Rosen. I, you know, I definitely think the infield is the way to go. I mean, you got to build your infield. Outfielders, same thing in fantasy baseball, which I've been playing every year. You always got to, like, go after the infielders early on, and then outfielders will come. Um, the, the Yankees will always have those outfielders. Judge is going to be a Yankee forever. Um, you can always get outfielders on the market. Tons of outfielders in minor league systems everywhere. It's that infield, though. Having those guys in the corners at first and third that can hit 30 home runs, hard to find. And personally, I'm a Luke Voigt fan. I think the Yankees should go one more year with him. I'm pretty sure during the lockout season, which was only 60 games, 62 games, he led the league in home runs. I mean, that means something. Even though it was the shortened season, he still has a lot of pop in his bat. Um, Voigt on any other team, I think, would be a great fit. There's no team that wouldn't need him, um, especially with the universal DH. Um, and there's lots of rule changes we'll get into in future episodes. Um, but yeah, so do you have anything else about the Yankees? Yeah, just on the Voight comment, is like him hitting is not the problem. It's just he's not great defensively, and he just can't stay healthy, which is why the Yankees traded for Rizzo in the first place. He got hurt last year. He was even hurt during the COVID year. He played through it. He had over 20 home runs, led the league in homers, but he just can't stay healthy. His body's breaking down on him. It's sad. Okay. Yeah. All right, and do you think – I have a question for you. Do you think Garrett Cole – I mean, is he worth the money so far? Is it overpaid? What's your What's your opinion on Garrett Cole? Uh, I think Cole is a top five pitcher at worst in baseball. He's easily worth that money. He had a bad start in Boston. He was hurt. He shouldn't have probably shouldn't even started that game. But the Yankees had no other good option to start that game. It's It's fine. He's gonna be, have a bounce back here. He's gonna be really good. It's just the question is always what's behind him. I'm pretty optimistic about that. They had a lot of good starters last year. They had an underrated pitching staff. Their offense last year was kind of more the problem. Like, no one outside of Judge and Stanton really hit. That's why they couldn't do anything. So we'll see. But, you know, I'm optimistic. Okay. Yeah, another last thing I want to mention about the Yankees is that that division is getting harder and harder every year. I mean, the Blue Jays, they got all those guys, Vlad, Bichette. I mean, the Orioles are the Orioles, you know, they're, they're always going to be the bottom um, for at least the next few years. You got the Rays, who are always going to, they're going to win 90 games, 
for a long, long time. They make great moves. Um, they focus on pitching, and that's something that I really like. They made the World Series two seasons ago because they had the pitching. You know, it, baseball is all about pitching. I'm a catcher myself, so I always appreciate good pitching and guys who can throw three, four pitches for a strike. Um, I think, honestly, the Yankees would do good if they made a trade with the Marlins. The Marlins have lots of pitching. I've been a Marlins fan my whole life, and the last, like, four, five, six seasons, ever since we traded away Yelich and Stanton and all those guys, we've always had deep pitching. We'll win games one nothing, 2 nothing. We'll also lose games one nothing, 2 nothing. So somehow the Marlins and Yankees could swap some offense for pitching. Both franchises could benefit. And, yeah, maybe more fans will go to Marlins games, and the Yankees can uh, make the playoffs and make a run. So that's all for the Yankees on this week's um, podcast. Now, I just want to mention, before we go into the lockout and our Braves segment, I just want to ask, Rosen, are you surprised that the Rams won the Super Bowl the way they did? No, I'm not surprised. They were the better team. They had the better coach. They had the all-star staff. So it was expected. It was a little closer than I thought it would be. The Bengals were winning for a long time, but in the end, the better team won. Yeah. No, I definitely – I bet on the Rams myself – um, I also did an interesting prop bet of the field goal. Both teams to kick a field goal over 33 yards. That was an easy money bet. Um, Odell tore his ACL. I think he'll be back next year. I'm hearing that he'll be back midway through the season. He'll sign like a relatively cheap one-year deal. He'll do the same thing as this year, prove his worth, get some touchdowns, and then sign a big contract later on. Is it true Sean McVay really wants to retire? Was that like, is that serious? No, I don't think that was a real thing. That was like a media thing for like okay. a couple of days, but he right. said he's coming back. So right. Donald's the one to kind of look at. He actually might retire, right. but we'll see. Okay. So yeah, um, Rams, Super Bowl champs, always excited um, for the Super Bowl. Had to recap that. And now it's baseball season. So we're going to have a baseball podcast here for you guys all season long, hopefully, if this season happens. But even if there is no season, you can always count on Rosen and I for a little baseball talk. So now we're going to go into our Braves segment. So the Atlanta Braves are the defending champions, the current World Series champions. And our first guest for this uh, podcast is Griffin Hausler from the ATL. Griffin, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be here. I just want to start off by saying great, two great guys here. Two great guys. We've been, we've been, the boys have been bugging Dylan and Zach to do this, so I'm hosting them tonight. You know, Zach and Dylan don't live uh, near each other anymore, so we got them here to record, so I'm happy. Yeah, um, just like uh, Dylan and Zach, went to FSU, Florida State, um, grew up in Atlanta, been a Braves fan since I was a kid, so awesome year this year, obviously, for, for Georgia in general. Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl, Georgia alum, Braves won the World Series, and then Georgia Bulldogs won the National Championship. So yeah, great year for Georgia, but... Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a baseball kid a little bit, but just pretty much the Braves. So happy to, happy to, happy to be on. All right. So, Griffin, my first question for you is just, you're obviously a big Braves fan. When Acuna went down, okay, with the injury against the Marlins and he tore his ACL, did you even think there was a chance the Braves would even win the World Series, or did you think the season was a wrap? I mean, yeah, even with a healthy Acuna, you don't, like, I don't think we're going to – I think we're going to win the East, but I don't think we're going to win the World Series. Okay. And I think that's a silver lining. Like, uh, Cuda goes down, um, you know, front office makes the moves to, to get it done. And uh, there's, a, there's a great article that was written after the World Series, after we won, about the, um, a lot of the guys meeting in, in Miami, after, in the hotel in Miami, after Cuda got hurt, just saying that they're going to get it done. And, and here we are now. It's, it's crazy that, uh, 
you know, that's how that's the beauty of baseball. Like you can you can get a bunch of ragtag guys from, you know, from a bunch of different teams and put them with your your, your core players in an injury plagued plagued team in the middle of the season. Make it and, work. Yeah, and you just got to get to the dance, and that's what happens. But yeah, I'm excited for this season. Um, a healthy Acuna, Azuna's gonna be back. A crowded outfield, but I'm excited. So Rosen, what do you think? Were you surprised that the Braves made it all the way, or did you think that there was a slight chance that that outfield with Jock and all those guys and getting Duvall that it would work out? I mean, I'm a big Jack Peterson guy. Griff knows that, but I mean, I mean, it was definitely surprising. I mean, Eddie Rosario was on fire for the playoffs. No one could get him out. He had like 500 in the NLCS, I think. Yeah. Jock was awesome. Duvall had a couple big homers, and then Ozzy. Austin Riley, you know, the pitching was awesome. That bullpen was lights out. Once he got to the seventh inning, it was over. So, I mean, it was really fun to watch, but yeah, definitely surprising. I mean, they were under 500, which has been said many times, at the All-Star break. So, it was, a, it was a feat, and great for Atlanta. One of the best fan bases in baseball, so felt good for, for, the, city, for the city of Atlanta, and then most importantly, the state of Georgia, and then all the other states around, for Braves fans all over Braves country. And hopefully we can repeat this year. Um, it's going to be tough, but we got a good core group of team, you know. Azunia, Ozzy, Acuna. Freddie will be back. We hope so. Freddie will be back. Freddie's at home in Atlanta with Chelsea. He'll be back. Yeah. Is he 32 now? 33? Yeah, he's still a kid. Yeah. No, he can rake. Yeah. He'll rake for a while. <laughs> Five, six-year contract. And then we yeah, got some healthy good. arms. We're going to get Soroka back. Hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy through spring training and in the beginning of the season. Max Reed always deals, and then uh, you know we got some young arms like Kyle Wright coming up. I'm excited for that. And then the bullpen's the wagon, you know. Will Smith, Tyler Matzik, yeah, Luke Jackson. You know those guys. Those guys are the horse that you know, wins a lot of games. Yeah, and they, that's that's why we, we were so good in the playoffs. I mean, so something interesting about the Braves. So the Braves, obviously, their division isn't really like one of the best divisions in baseball, um, but the Mets are always making moves. The Phillies, Joe Girardi, one of my favorite managers, former Yankees manager and former Marlins manager. Um, you know, he did his thing in Philly. They didn't make the playoffs, but they had a decent season. They have Real Muta. They have some guys. Um, the Marlins, you know, they have the good pitching, so they'll make the Braves, you know, work for their offense. But the Braves, you know, they overcame a lot. Like, they had their injuries. Um, the All-Star game got taken out of Atlanta. They were below 500 at the All-Star break, like Griffin said. It wasn't really looking good for them. Um, it was at some point people on Twitter and MLB Network were talking about Freddie possibly getting traded or at the end of the season not re-signing. It was going downhill. Then all of a sudden they went out and they got Duvall, they got Jock Peterson, they got Rosario. Um, Darno is the catcher. Yep, Anthopoulos. Right? Anthopoulos just made the call to not sell and buy, and the, the players bought in. It was you know it was a yeah. He, he chose he chose the team. He chose the guys, and it's crazy how it worked out. It was a huge gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. You, you kick up some guys with some balls, though, like a Jock Peterson and a yeah. Rosario, you know? Duval mashes. Yes, yes. Okay, so we talked about Freddie. So, Ozuna, I mean, he's playing ball in South America. Is it the Dominican? Somewhere down there. Cuba, Dominican? Dominican, I think. Dominican. He's hitting home runs. I mean, he's still an above-average MLB player, um, former All-Star, former Marlin. I think he's in his late 20s. Maybe he's 30. Rosen, do you see Ozuna getting another chance with the Braves, or is he going to go elsewhere? What do you think the Braves are going to do, Rosen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, MLB is going to let Ozuna play. They said he, think he was suspended for like 20 games, but they're just backdating that to last year. So he's going to be eligible to play opening day. It's up to the Braves. Do they want to keep this guy around? I think they probably do, but 
We'll see. I mean, we'll let the I mean, Braves experts talk. Hypothetically, seeing how spring training goes, I mean, I mean, I, I, I see him playing again. I yeah. Mean, it's crazy what happened. It's so terrible, but like, it's just how sports roll these days. You know? Right. And, you know, he's a he's a great bat. He's one of the best bats in baseball. Yeah. So I, I think I think he'll be out there. But also, we got some young kids coming up. We got Drew Waters. Waters. Uh, Christian, Pache, Christian Pache, you know, so we'll see how spring training goes, you know. Yeah, it's, it's I, a I, outfield. I, yeah. I think Drew Waters is is the guy. I actually played against him in a tournament like three or four years ago when I was in high school. He went four for four and hit balls to the fence like it was nothing. Um, he, he's a little skinny, he's a little undersized, but I've seen him in the minors. I saw him in person when I played against him, like 2016. He's a beast. I think, you know, instead of re-signing some of these guys in the outfield that are going to be 20 to $30 million each, like Duvall, Jock, Rosario, Ozuna, and everyone else, they should maybe start thinking about getting some of those younger guys and mixing them in with your Ozunas and your Acunas. Um, and I saw some videos of Acuna. He looks healthy. He's swinging hard. He'll be fine. He'll be at the top of the league like usual. If they re-sign Freddie, they're going to not have so much money for the pitching staff, but the Braves are the Braves. Great franchise. They always sell out. They got that new ballpark, you know, fairly new. So. Battery's awesome. Yeah, battery's awesome. It's 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 the ballpark's like a, a small city. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, the Braves have some decisions to make for sure. But the, the farm system's the bread and butter. The organization always has been, always will be. So mm-hmm. I think they, they always go back to that. I mean, we're not like a we're not like the Yankees. We're not going to go throw around a bunch of money. We're not like the Dodgers. We're going to you know trust the farm system and compete and make make moves when you have to. You know, pick up these key guys. These these role players that you hope they come through. All right. So that's all we're going to talk about the Braves. Yeah. Um, excited excited for Braves, the Braves this year. Um, I don't think we're going to repeat, but we'll definitely win the East, even though everyone always says that we're not. But uh, yeah. they, the Braves always yeah. come through. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, they had Chipper Jones. I remember watching, and they would just come to Miami and just stomp on the Marlins. They would win the division every year. So, you know, the Braves' first-class organization – I always applaud the Braves, the Cardinals, the Yankees. Those are some of the good franchises in baseball. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, thank you. It'll, see, it'll be interesting to see if the, the Mets and the Nats can, can compete, but I just, I just don't see that. Don't yeah. The Mets will be interesting if DeGrom has to stay healthy, but DeGrom and Scherzer is a nasty one, too, at the top of the rotation. Oh, yeah. They got Pete Alonso, Lindor. They got some names. Yeah, it's just – They'll be around. Know, at the end of the, the, one, the 162, it's just – It's a grind. Yeah, yeah, the – it's choppy for the Braves throughout the season all the time, but they always just they just figure it out. And the Mets and the Nats have just been you know telling off. You know, other than you know the Nationals recently won the World Series, but you know the Braves won the East that year too. Right. Yeah. All, all right, boys. Yeah, Thank you, Griffin, for yes. coming by. I Great it. having you on. Once the season Excited starts, yeah. Once the season starts, we'll have you again for yeah. a little Braves talk, catch Definitely. up. Yeah, we'll be at a Braves Marlins game soon. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, and Braves Yankees. All right. So our next topic. Is going to be we're going to discuss the lockout. So that's the biggest news in baseball. Uh, so right now, spring training was officially postponed. It's currently February twentieth. Spring training was already supposed to start with uh, pitchers and catchers reporting last week. They've officially postponed spring training. They're going to have to get a deal done soon. Uh, the CBA needs to be renewed if they want to have a season. Um, I personally think that. The season will happen, but it's going to be another shortened season, which is a shame because you already had the shortened season with COVID where the Dodgers won the World Series. And then last year was a pretty solid season overall. Um, the Braves won that year. And then this year, I was expecting big things. MLB, you know, it's their time. It's the summertime. No more football. No more college sports. Um, you know, it's going to be 
it's going to be interesting to see if they can get an agreement done. So, Rosen, you want to start us off with uh, some of your lockout thoughts? Yeah, well, I do think there is some optimism about the lockout. It sucks right now, but they are picking up the meetings that they're going to have. So next Monday, they're going to start meeting every day. And according to guys like Jeff Pass and Rosenthal, the negotiations can happen quickly. A lot of things can happen, but we'll see. And a lot of what I'm seeing just right out, out right now is that like a lot of blame is being put 50-50 on owners and players, which I think is wrong. I think all the blame right now needs to put on the owners because even though there's not a signed CBA, that does not stop anything. We could still be having spring training right now. People could be in Florida, people could be in Arizona, pitchers and catchers could be happening. We could have games very soon. The only reason there's not is because the owners locked the players out. They did it as a negotiating tactic to force the players to not get paid once we get to this part of the season, put pressure on the players to sign a worse deal for them. So that's the only reason we're not having any games right now. That being said, like I said, negotiations can happen quickly. Players don't want to miss any paychecks. That's going to be huge for them. So we should see things happening at a quicker pace now, even though there's been almost no news. I mean, the lockout started December 1st. They didn't even meet till mid-January. The meetings have been five, ten minutes sometimes. I mean, it's just crazy how much they seem to not care about getting it done. But as we get closer to missing games, things have to ramp up. So, do we get a full 162? I don't know, but I mean, May 1st, there will be baseball games. I'm pretty confident about that. Regular season baseball games. Okay. That's a good date. I think May 1st is doable. You got about two months, two months and a week to get that done. I mean, if they have to postpone spring training as a whole and maybe just do like five or ten, you know, preseason games and let the pitchers throw their bullpens, and then it might have to be like that, you know. Sports, sports is weird, especially now during COVID. So, one thing I want to talk about. So, minor league baseball, where I work for the Palm Beach Cardinals, that's still happening. So, even if the MLB gets locked out or delayed and whatever, minor league baseball is still going to happen. That's different from when the COVID lockout happened because when COVID happened, I'm like 99% sure that minor league baseball didn't really happen. It was more of just like practices and conditioning. Right? Is, am I right on that? There version? was no minor leagues that year. All the prospects just pretty much missed a whole year. Some got called up to the major league team just on their taxi squad, and they played a little bit. And I guess that was sort of good for them because they were around major league talent. But 95% of guys just did not play baseball for a whole year. Yeah. So it affected some uh, talent development uh, two years ago when COVID hit. Now it's two years later. They have to have minor league baseball. Minor league baseball is happening um, that's good for me. I'll have a job this summer doing a full-time internship in Palm Beach. So that's exciting. So some of the stuff that the players want. So the players, they want better treatment of the minor leaguers. They also want more money for the guys that are younger in baseball. And I, I honestly can't disagree with them. I mean, it's ridiculous that some guys who are the best players on their team, like a Juan Soto, you know, who's hitting 300 bats third on his team, is only making... Less, is making less than a million dollars, but then you got guys like Albert Pujols and Joey Votto who are making thirty million a year, and they're almost forty years old, barely hitting two fifty. You know, it's just the discrepancy in the upper class and the lower class is really what the players are trying to solve. And Rob Manfred and all the owners, they just being a little stubborn. They think the players are overpaid, you know, but those top guys are overpaid. Yes, both sides are right, but I just think that something has to change with the treatment of when they call a guy up and. He's the best player on your team. He can't be making 
pennies compared to the guys that are have been on the team for 10 years and they barely still have a job. So, Rosen, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I just want to say, like, every other sport, it's like four, maybe five years to free agency. MOB, it's a full six years. And that's after you're grinding in the minor leagues for three years minimum, like, in the minor leagues, getting paid less than minimum wage. And you get to the major leagues and you're making like 500000 you know, which is a lot, but it's not enough of what they should be paying. And a lot of guys, they're not hitting free agency till mid-30s. And then once you hit your mid-30s, teams don't want to pay for you. So you're left stuck in the middle end and just eventually being promised free agency, you're getting paid and it's just never happening for a lot of guys. And that's the main thing the union's trying to fix right now. The owners just are not budging on that, but we'll see. It's interesting, yeah. So something that the Braves actually did, and I contribute some of their success to this, is right when they called up Ozzy Albies and Acuna, which was I think in the same season or one season apart, they saw the the drive that they had, and they were already at the top of the order, hitting home runs, playing great defense, and they knew that they were the face of the franchise. Instead of letting them make that minimum salary for five years and then hit the free agency market and maybe leave or stay with the Braves and make you know the big money, the Braves gave them extensions early on. They, the Braves realistically didn't have to do that, but they gave them. I'm pretty sure Acuna got like a 10-year, 100 million, and Ozzy Albies got like a six or seven-year deal, you know, only making like 10, 12 million each. I mean, that's that's how it should be, you know. Guys that are like in their low 20s and they make it to the big leagues, they should they should, they deserve. If they're the best players on their team, they deserve to make that kind of money. Um, so yeah, I think the Braves' success definitely contributes to that. I will push back on that a little because the Braves signed those contracts and they ate up potential free agency years for both Acuna and Albies. So I'm not criticizing them for signing the contract, but I mean, the Braves did that to benefit the Braves. So they don't have to pay Acuna 35 million when he's 26. They can wait till he's almost 30 and then maybe not pay him and still get an extra two or three years in his prime. It still works out for the Braves. I mean, Acuna is still seeing a hundred million dollars in his face. Very tough to say no to that, but those contracts do benefit the teams more than the players. They do. But, you know, I mean, the Braves are taking a gamble. I mean, if you've only seen a guy play one year, two years in the big leagues, and he hits 300, who knows if in four years from now he'll still be that same guy. I mean, look, Acuna just got hurt. Obviously, we're hoping he's going to be fine and hit 300 again and hit 30, 40 home runs. But what if he doesn't? Then the Braves are like, oh, they might be overpaying him a little bit. You know, so there's, there's both sides there. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I still see Acuna's still a really good player. I mean, a torn ACL, it takes a while to come back from, but once you come back from it, I mean, pretty much everyone is performing at the same level that they were. I expect Acuna to do the same, so I don't think it's a huge long-term risk for the Braves, but yeah, I guess that possibility always exists. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about within the lockout, so arbitration. So for those that don't know, arbitration, that's when you, right, that's when you don't have a salary and you can go to a judge and you can get arbitration, so, right? So after you hit two, three years, it depends on the service time, it's very complicated, but we'll just say after three years of making minimum salary, you then go into arbitration and you negotiate with the team, you have about two months after the end of the season to negotiate a salary, and if you can't agree to a salary, then you let a court decide, And but that process is really bad because a team submits a number and a player submits a number of what they think the salary should be. And then the team goes in court and then argues why their own player sucks in front of a judge. And it's just a really bad experience. I know Dellen Patantis on the Yankees, that really shook him. And then he had his worst season right after that happened. 
So is there a link to that? I don't know. But yeah, just arbitration, just a very weird process, kind of weird that it exists in the first place. But what the union wants to do is they want guys to hit arbitration sooner so it's not a full three years. They want it after two years because it is a pay bump. They're not making 500, 600,000 anymore. You know, guys like Aaron Judge, Juan Soto's of the world, they're making like 8 million their first year in arbitration. So that's a huge pay bump. So if you deserve it based on your performance in the league for a couple of years, you will see that bonus. So that's why the union wants to get it, get to arbitration sooner. The owner is obviously pushing back on that. Again, we'll see what happens. I do think that's going to happen, that most players after two years will go to arbitration now. I think right now the union's offering 80% of players after two years get arbitration. I think that's what it lands at somewhere around there. Okay. And then talk to me a little bit about the salary floor idea, what the players want to do as far as the salary floor, salary cap, raising minimum salary. I mean, it seems like the players really, really, really care about this whole money situation. I mean, both sides care about the money, but to me, from all the research I do and all the network I see, um, it seems like the players are really concerned about how the money is being handled. Um, so, Rosen, tell me, what do you, what's like the best solution here um, if you were in charge? So... Best solution's tough. I don't know about that. But I know right now the union is asking for the minimum salary to be seven seventy five. The owners are sitting at like six hundred right now, which is still a bump from I think it's five fifty yeah, it was last it's low, year. It's mid fives. Yeah, so that's still a bump. That's not a huge thing. I know they're very conscious about trying to end tanking because I know you mentioned the Orioles before. They've had a bottom five salary for a long time now. They're in they're finishing last in the division is almost guaranteed for a while now. It's They're going to finish last in the East this year. They're not trying to win. They're obviously not trying to win. The union wants to end that. There's other teams around the league. I know Pittsburgh is a really bad example of that too. So they're trying to get a salary floor. The problem is though is that there's no salary cap. So if they put a hard salary floor in, that opens it up for the owners to say, all right, you want that. Then no one spends above you know 190 or whatever, which the union will never agree to. So that's why they want a soft salary floor, similar to the luxury tax system that they have, which acts as a salary cap. I don't think anything's gonna happen with that because they're so concerned about getting a hard salary cap. But yet, the minimum salary is the biggest thing and just getting to arbitration sooner, that's the two things they're fighting for. I know they do have a pre-arbitration bonus pool for the players, for like the other 20% of players who aren't getting that year extra year of arbitration and all the players in their first year or two in the league. And right now the union wants a bonus pool for all teams in the league to be 115 million. The league is hitting that 15 million. It's a huge difference. That's one of the biggest things that they need to negotiate on. I don't know how much the owners are going to budge on that. I think the players eventually settle on that because they, players don't want to miss paychecks and the closer we get to that, the more concessions the players will make. All right, lots of good points there. Um, so I'm going to continue to talk with something that the players also want. I mean, a lot of this is about the players, obviously, because they're the ones that people pay to see. So baseball is interesting because right when you get drafted, no matter if you're drafted out of high school, out of college, if you're drafted internationally, you're not going right to the league. It doesn't happen. It doesn't matter who you are. You can hit 500 at every level. You still will start in single A somewhere or rookie ball. And you have to work your way up. you got to get to double A. you got to get to triple A. And then you make it to the spring training roster. Then you'll make it to the majors, right? 
So something that the players want to do, and I am all for this, I think this is a great idea, is to end the service time manipulation. So what that means is this is the only sport where a team can wait on calling up a player that is ready to be in the pros from AAA or AA. They can hold him down there until a certain date in the season, call him up, okay, for the playoff run, and then he doesn't qualify as a rookie that year, and he's technically a rookie the next season, okay? Not not even the playoff run. They just have to wait like three weeks into the season. Is it only three weeks? That's what happened with the Cubs and uh, Chris the Bryant. Cubs and Chris Bryant in 2015. I looked it up the other day. He played 151 games for the Cubs that year. That did not count as a full year for him. Wow. The similar thing happened with Gleyber Torres and the Yankees in 2018. They waited till like three weeks in April to call him up, and that just pushes back their free agency a year. Chris Bryant's a free agent this year. He really should have been a free agent last year. That's an extra year. He's in t- an extra year into his 30s. That's a big difference for these teams. They don't pay for the guys in their 30s. So, yes, the union is trying desperately to end that. And the proposal that the league sent be- in response to this was, we won't do that, but we need an incentive not to do it. So if a rookie finishes top five in rookie of the year, we get like an extra third round pick the next year but it's only based on MLB.com's rankings of Rookie of the Year, not anything else. The players obviously said not a chance that they're going to sign that because that just opens so many doors for MLB to manipulate that even more. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, moving arbitration up a year, moving it from three to two with 80% over two, that should put a stop to it, but I mean, they never thought this loophole existed in the last CBA, and then it did. So we'll see. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about what the players want. It's clear that they want better treatment. They want the lower players in the league to get more money. They want minor leaguers to be treated better. They don't want the arbitration. They want to change arbitration rules. They don't want players to be held in the minors for too long. It's pretty obvious what the players want. Now, Rosen, fill us in on what the owners want. Tell me, like, why they're being stubborn. Give me some of the fresh ideas that the owners have that the players are resisting. Well, what the owners want is pretty simple. They want more money. And any chance that they get more money, they're going to take it. And right now, the easiest way to get money is to have more playoff games, more home playoff games. They jack up the prices for tickets. They jack up the prices for concessions, for parking, for everything. And these TV contracts for the playoffs are ridiculous. I mean, MLB had $10 billion in revenue last year, second highest only to the NFL of all professional sports. So... They want more playoff teams. Right now, in the current system, MLB had 10 playoff teams, which is only 33% of the league, and two of those teams never got a chance to host a playoff game, well, theoretically, because they're finding a wild card game. They lose that game, they never get the chance to host a playoff game, which is huge. I know the NBA is over 50%, the NHL is at 50%, and the NFL is just under 50% for teams that make the playoffs. So this is going to change, this is the Biggest thing the owners are going to get, I say, there's probably going to be 14 out of 37 from each league. That's going to be the format. I think they're going to do the three-game wildcard series, which I don't like that. I really like the wildcard game. I know some people don't, but I think that's probably a thing in the past, which I'm sad about. I'm definitely sad, too. The wildcard games are electric. Yes. So, And why the players are against this is because... MLB teams view the playoffs as a crapshoot. They're just trying to get into the playoffs. They're not sitting in December and January in normal years and saying, how can we win a World Series? 
they're just saying, how can we win our division to give ourselves the best chance to make the World Series? So you increase the number of teams making the playoffs. The Yankees and the Dodgers of the world now don't need to spend huge money on players just to be the seventh best team in the American League. They're going to do that in their sleep just because they're having a $200 million payroll anyway because they are the Yankees, because they're the Dodgers. So, I mean, you already saw this last year. The Yankees wasted a roster spot on Runa Odor the entire season because he actually counted as zero on their salary because the Texas Rangers were paying his whole salary. So, so they, and he was not good for the Yankees, but they kept him on their team the whole season for that luxury tax relief so they could stay under that threshold, which we could get into discussing about it but and how that's going to change. But yeah, you increase the number of teams that... That is a worry for the players is that it decreases the incentive for these teams to spend on free agents to try and win a World Series if half the team in the league is making it. Yeah. All right. I absolutely agree. I think the expanded playoffs is great for sports. I mean, look what happened this NFL season. They expanded the playoffs. NFL playoffs were electric. You know, maybe there were a couple teams like the Steelers and uh, some others that maybe didn't belong in the playoffs. But it just adds more games, it adds more excitement, more stuff to watch on the weekends, more money for everybody, more stadiums being filled, you know, advertisements. Everything just, it's better when there's more playoffs. That's really when some fans really tune in and they go out of their way to watch more sports. And something about baseball is that fans, you know, not all fans are committed to their teams. I mean, some people, you know, live in their cities. They don't even know that there's a baseball team in their city. Baseball is trying to grow that fandom. And I think Rob Manfred, the commissioner, needs to let the players live a little more and they need to be more pro player instead of being more pro team because the teams like the Marlins and even the Rays who have made some World Series recently and they are at the top of the division they still struggle to get fans you know it's ridiculous so I think the MLB should expand playoffs I think they should start treating players a little better you know maybe implement a salary floor to avoid the tanking um, yeah arbitration can be fixed there's a few things that can be fixed I don't think it's all going to get fixed this time around with the CBA um, but I think this could be a good season if everything gets fixed. I think now there's some attention to the MLB. NFL season's over. Um, March Madness is coming up soon. So there'll be soon there'll be less distractions in the sports world, and everyone will be tuned into baseball, especially if there's rule changes. Now is the universal DH. I think that's a great idea. I've seen multiple pitchers get hit, uh, get hurt running the bases, get hit while they're you know hitting. I think the National League. It is a thing of the past. You know, obviously those old baseball lifetimers. They love the DH. I think it's a great idea that that's gone. And, yeah, more offense in baseball is what's needed. I mean, people don't – people, you know, some people like a perfect game and the pitching duels. I mean, I love pitching. But when you bring your kids to the game and you bring people that don't really enjoy, you know, baseball as much, they want to see home runs. They want to see offense. They want to see runs scored. And taking away the DH – or, I'm sorry, adding the DH to the National League, great idea. Yes, I agree. As a National League baseball for me for the last few years has just been tough to watch. The offense is just not there because it doesn't make sense for the pitchers to give up runs. If like the seventh guy in the order hits a double with two outs, you're just intentionally walking the eighth guy to face the, pitch, face the pitcher and now you're out of the inning because the pitcher's hitting 100 if he's lucky. You're going to blow three fastballs by him and he doesn't have a chance. So it's yeah. just the bottom third of the order is just eliminated. There's no threat there really. So I think adding the DH is going to do a lot, boost these stats. You know, arbitration is all based on stats. You know, we're just talking about how, how much the union cares about arbitration. You get extra DHs. 
that's going to create extra jobs. You know, now we talked about Luke Voigt earlier. Now there's 15 extra teams that are going to be interested in Luke Voigt just because of the DH. So I think they really needed to do this. All right. That's a great point you make about the seventh hole hitter gets on base, gets to second base. They walk the eighth hitter, and then it's like a, they get out of the inning. It's ridiculous. Some pitchers can hit, though. Madison Bumgarner, Jacob DeGrom, Dontrell Willis with the Marlins a long time ago. He was a great hitter. I mean, yes, we're going to miss seeing those, but I think MLB is much better off just having one through nine, all guys that can hit, make pitchers really get out of jams. And, yeah, it'll be good for baseball. So I think that's about it with our lockout session. Do you have any closing words on the lockout before we answer some questions? No, I think we made a lot of progress today, and I'm happy with the discussion we had. And, yeah, let's get to the questions. All right. So first question I'm going to ask you. So, Rosen, this is from Michael Gerstein, one of our lifelong friends and fans. How will the Yankees fix the pitching behind Garrett Cole, and who is the next star the Yankees will pursue? The next star the Yankees will pursue, I'll start with that one. You know, Carlos Correa is still a free agent right now. He's the guy I've been watching for a while now. They need a shortstop. Brian Cashman, their GM, said so as soon as the season ended. He said that's their number one priority, a shortstop. This is the best shortstop free agent class ever, probably. And Carlos Correa is the best free agent shortstop. He was at the beginning of free agency. He still is now. It makes all the sense in the world for the Yankees to sign him. They just haven't yet. They, you know, obviously they couldn't because of the lockout now i'm a little surprised they didn't get it done before the lockout but i don't think they wanted to spend until they knew what the luxury tax situation was and for the pitching i'm pretty optimistic like i said before they're getting luis severino back who's my favorite player on the yankees he was a stud a couple years ago he just can't stay healthy he keeps getting hurt but if he's healthy he has a full season with the yankees he's a very very good pitcher they have jordan montgomery who's had a good year jameson tyone had a pretty good year They'll probably add a starting pitcher, but you know they always do that, and they have a very good bullpen. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, that would be my plan is just really hope for Severino to be that good. So now I have a question from you, which comes from our good friend, Andrew Ziegler. It says, St. Louis Cardinals roof and floor for the upcoming season. Okay, so assuming the season does happen, they signed Yachty. I think it's Yachty's last season. Maybe he's got one more after this, but I'm pretty sure he announced it's his last season. I don't think Wayne. I think Wainwright, like, the, last season, great season. I think he had, a, like, a three ERA, bunch of wins, pitching seven, eight innings every game. It's going to catch up to him. He's pretty old. I think the Cardinals will make the playoffs again solely because their division is a little weak. The Cubs aren't good. The Pirates aren't good. The Brewers kind of played bad towards the end of the season last year. They made the playoffs, but they didn't really do anything. I think the, the Brewers are, you know, they're there. I don't know. I don't love them. Yelich had a bad season. I also think, you know, the, the rest of the division, who's the last team in the division? I'm starting, I'm blanking. Oh, the Reds. Yeah, yeah. So the Reds, you know, they have Joey Votto. They, they have some good guys. Um, they have good pitching, Sonny Gray, some others. I just think that the Cardinals, you know, they'll flirt with 500. Paul Goldschmidt, one of my favorite players. They'll, they'll do their thing. They'll make the playoffs again. They really got to make a move, though. The pitching staff... They have a few guys, but you know, ultimately, pitching is how you get deep in the playoffs. You look at these some of these past teams that won the World Series or even made it to the World Series. The Braves had good pitching. The uh, Rays always have good pitching. The Dodgers they had those those guys that can throw. Having a good bullpen is important. I mean, you know, you go into a playoff series, it's game five, game six. If you don't have a good bullpen, you're facing an elite offense. 
They're going to get hits. They're going to get on base. So at the end of the day, I think the floor for the Cardinals, I mean, I would be very disappointed if the Cardinals finished under 500 in that division. That division is not that good. It's definitely not a top one, top two division. They must make the playoffs. If they, if they finish below 500 and don't make the playoffs, that's disappointing. I definitely think they could contend for a title, but with the current roster right now, Andrew, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see them making a run like the Cardinals. They're going to uh, sorry, a run like the Braves did. They're going to have to make some moves. The National League West and the National League East are both better than the National League Center, Central, in my opinion. There's a lot of good teams in baseball. If they don't expand the playoffs, it might be a little uh, tricky for the Cardinals to make it. But I think the, the Cardinals could definitely win like 87, 88 games. They'll win the division. Um, they'll have a tough first-round uh, matchup. But, you know, I think the Braves are better. I think the Dodgers are better. Um, I think, you know, the Padres, you know, they made some moves last year. It didn't really work out. I think they have a better roster. You know, I, I love the Cardinals. I think they're a great organization. They have, you know, minor league systems not as good as it used to be. Yachty is getting old. Adam Wainwright can only do so much. I think that was part of the reason why they weren't so successful last year. They won, like, what, like 18 games in a row or 18 out of 19 last season. That was the only reason why they were even in contention. Um, Bush Stadium, great stadium. St. Louis, Missouri, you know, it's a baseball town. Um, Palm Beach Cardinals, I love going there. Um, you know, there's a culture behind St. Louis. They expect winning every year. It's like the Miami Heat. They expect winning every year. They never tank. They're always going to try to get the best guys. As long as they have Yadier Molina behind the dish, I'm always confident that they're going to win most games. However, you know, it's going to be a long season if there is one. The division's kind of lackluster, but there's a lot of good National League teams, and, you know, the Braves are here to defend their title. I don't see the Cardinals making it all the way, but if they make some moves like the Braves did, I think they have enough pitching to get it done, but they'll need one or two more arms. So... Yeah, that was really good Cardinals talking. Yeah, I agree. It's them or the Brewers to win the division, and then we'll see from there. But, yeah, they probably need an upgrade or two and probably both lineup and rotation. All right. So we're going to do one last question before we end episode one. So this question is from Michael Gerstein and uh, Andrew Ziegler. Will the Marlins ever be good again? And what are your expectations on a Marlins outlook? I mean, we are in Miami, Florida. Technically, the Marlins are our local team. You know, the Marlins haven't been to the playoffs since 2003. They won the World Series in 03. They won in 97. What's your outlook for the Marlins? Well, if you don't count the COVID year, but yeah. But I'm more optimistic on the Marlins than I think you are. I think they have a really good pitching staff. The division's not that good. The Braves are better than them. The Mets are better than them. But I think they can compete with the Phillies. I think they're better than the Nationals. The Nationals aren't good at all. They have Soto. He's a stud, but that's it on that team. So I think with the expanded playoffs probably going to happen, I think they can maybe sneak in to the back end of a wild card spot. But, I mean, that pitching staff is nasty. They just need lineup upgrades, which they made a few before the lockout, but they need definitely need more than what they've done. But, I mean, I like the moves that they made since Kim took over. So... They just need to keep believing in her. I think she's good for them. But, yeah, we'll see. What about you? So I'm a lifelong Marlins fan. I also support the Yankees and all that. The thing is, the Marlins, they always, you know, recently have focused on pitching, 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 pitching. And, like, they have so much pitching, but they just kind of, like, forget about the offense sometimes. And they – Don Mattingly, great hitter back in the day. He was a pretty good manager overall. I really think it's time to let him go, especially after this season. They picked him up for one more year. I think he's part of the problem. Many times when I'm watching Marlins games, a guy like Jesus Aguilar, when Adam Duvall was on the Marlins, 
Marte was on the Marlins. They had some bats, but he would do this thing where a guy would play the first two games of a series. He'll hit home runs. He'll make great plays. He'll be a focal point of the offense, and then he'll bench them on game three as a rest day, quote-unquote rest day, okay? And it's only like April or May, and he's giving rest days so early in the season. And you send out your ace out there, Sandy or Trevor Rogers, and they pitch a great game, but they don't have their top-tier offense in there. just doesn't make sense. Yadier Molina for the Cardinals plays almost every day. Okay, the Yankees aren't benching Aaron Judge once a week. I, I don't know. Don Mattingly does some weird things. I don't really love it. He does handle the pitching pretty well. He knows when to take guys out. He, he has a good rotation. It's pretty easy to manage pitching when everyone's like pretty good. Um, the Marlins you know, lose a lot of close games because they don't have those bats in there. Trading Starling Marte for Jesus Luzardo, I think the Marlins lost that trade. They were being cheap. They only wanted to give him 10 to 15 mil. He ended up taking, I think, 20, 25 mil. Um, so with the Mets, another guy that we forgot to mention that the Mets have, he's a ball player. He's in his early 30s. He was he was our best player for the last two seasons, and I can't believe the Marlins got rid of him. I just think if the Marlins, you know, get rid of Don Mattingly, they have to start doing some things to get more fans. I go to some games, there's nobody there. There's more road fans. You're never going to get good if you don't have fans showing up to your games. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers, the Miami Heat. They're both top in the league, and respectively, and they have tons of fans. Panthers do ticket deals. The Heat do ticket deals. They got to get more fans out there. The Marlins, you know, overall for this season, if they finish 500, I'll be happy. But realistically, they'll only win like 70, 72 games. It's, you know, it's going to be another sad season down here in Miami. But, you know, we got some young talent. We have some young arms. I would love to see a Yankees-Marlins trade be completed. If Luke Voigt can make his way to the Marlins and the Marlins got to give up one of their arms, they got a lot of guys in the minors. I think they have the number four ranked minor league system so the Yankees could benefit from that some teams like the Padres can benefit from that you know some of these offense heavy teams could help the Marlins and the Marlins can help them so we'll see if the lockout ends soon if the Marlins can make any deals so any closing words Rosen on anything we talked about no I like the Marlins talk agree with some of the points you made there and yeah I think this is a good first episode and I liked everything that we talked about I think we educated our audience a little bit and yeah, do you have anything you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, no, that's it. We'll definitely be uh, having a vote on our podcast name. Right now, it's either the Baseball Boys or it's Two Guys, One Baseball. So those are the two names we're working with. Um, so we'd love to hear from our fans. Um, you can let us know. We're going to make some social media accounts and we'll be posted on Spotify and Apple. Um, and this has been sponsored by Patron Golf and Hip Hops. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Episode one, episode two coming out next weekend. And thank you, Griffin, for your Braves talk. Yes, thank you, Griffin.